Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to be with you today. Brought to you by our good friends at uh, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key Room, to 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online. At sunburymotors.com. For Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Terrific service department that backs it all up every step of the way at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Our thanks to Mark Brennan for being on the show. Greg Wetzel, not happy. That Mark was on the show because that meant for a half hour he had to talk to the suit. Actually, he left, so I was pretty good shape. Oh, good! I'll tell you right <laughs> now, there's just nothing. In fact, people always say to me, "You're always so kind to the suit when you hold the door for him when he leaves." I said, "Well, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to be encouraging." <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> well, Greg, here we are. We get to this time of the year, everybody's bumped and bruised. Yep. I mean, everybody is. That's exactly right. And when you look at, uh, I don't care if it's college, pro football, the NFL, you hit November, which what we've done, you have to overcome a lot. How difficult is it? On uh, Because Mark brought up the depth for Penn State, which was one of the themes I had in the offseason in talking to groups. I said, look, the big difference in this team compared to some other teams is the depth of it. It actually showed last week. Mm-hmm. In high school, how difficult is it with limited numbers? That That's a huge issue, Steve. Um, you know, Lewisburg played Mifflinburg last week, who has lost their starting quarterback to an injury. Uh, so they're playing their backup quarterback. They've lost two linemen that actually played both ways. Uh, which hurt them a lot. Lewisburg has not lost anybody significant, but they've lost them for a game at a time, concussion protocol, um, and maybe a sprained ankle, something wrong with a, an arm, you know, things like that, a shoulder. But you're, you're right, that that's a huge thing in, in high school sports because numbers at Lewisburg are up. But when we played a team, let's see, Midwest, I think it was, dressed 19 kids, Steve. 19 yeah. kids for a football game. They had 13 on the sideline injured. Uh, and you know what? This late in the season, kids are getting tired. The more they play, the more susceptible to injury they are. And so uh, it's it's tough. Lewisburg has been fairly fortunate. They haven't had any real se- serious injuries. I think Seals Grove has been pretty good shape that way. But Shikalimi, they've lost a couple kids to season-ending injuries too. I. So let me ask you about what I asked Mark about. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do this in general because we really, you know, we're like every day a new fact comes out about Michigan. Sure. Or something interesting comes out. I mean, I don't know if it's a fact or not, but it comes out. It's interesting. Do most teams huddle or do they signal in in high school? Most teams uh, 
I, I should I would say it's 50-50 in whether they huddle or not. Um, Jersey Shore, for instance, doesn't. A lot of teams will send a player in, you know, with a play call from the sidelines. Okay. Uh, I've seen three or four teams this year where the quarterback goes to the sideline after every play, gets the play from the coach and runs back in, so they're not substituting that way. So I, I would say Jersey Shore and Sealands Grove probably play a faster pace game than any other team in the area. Danville is like that also. But other than that, I think teams are pretty much – sending plays in by player, that type of thing. All right, so now I'll ask this question. Mm -hmm. First of all, you are allowed in college football, during the course of the game, if you can decipher what's going on, right? you can do it. Legal. Right. If you look at a tape, you can do it. Legal. You can't go there with an iPhone, sit there, and have a, some, and stare right at the signalers and then match up plays during the course of the week or weeks preceding, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. So how much of an advantage in reality is it when you know the call ahead of time? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, because, boy. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I've always talked about big on execution. Yeah. I, here's what I'm going to tell you, Steve. A long time ago when I coached football at Lewisburg, the player, the kids would come off and say, they know what play we're going to run. They're calling it out. They're calling out. But we gained three, four yards. Right. And I'm thinking, well, look, if they know what play we're running and we're still gaining three or four yards, what's the big deal? Right. You know, um, I, I agree with you. I think it all comes down to execution. And the, the other thing, you know, you go back to pass. There, there are many options in that pass. If yeah. the first option is covered, you can go to the second option or the third option. I understand college is, is different than pros, which is different than high school, that type of thing. But, you know, even at the high school level, we have kids that are going to their, their second read, third read sometimes on, on a pass play. So... Do I think it's an advantage, yeah, possibly, to take away that first read and on a passing play, or maybe on a running play, that type of thing? Uh, you know where it's going, but I still think if it comes down to execution. Because That's it's me. interesting. You're right. The, the athletic, and I'll get more into this in the last half hour when you leave. Um, uh, the athletic did a survey of a lot of coaches, mm -hmm. you know, and they're all anonymous. Sure. So, uh, what they asked was, in the end, do they think any sign stealing, you know, the advanced sign stealing gave Michigan a big advantage? Sure. So, it turned out that uh, on a scale of one to five, and I, I subscribe to The Athletic, so I have this, mm -hmm. um, four, uh, the average was 4.2 out of five. Oh, really? 46% of the coaches rated it as a five about how serious it is. Mm -hmm. So that's on a scale of one to five. Right. 74% uh, of the coaches believe that illegal sign stealing led Michigan's to rise because it is alleged they started in 2021, okay. which coincides with what we've seen. 94% mm -hmm. believe Michigan should be punished because of it. Mm -hmm. uh, what message... Are you sending as a coaching staff to young people about when it all costs if this turns out to be true? Yeah, that that's that's it in a nutshell. And um, 
I think that's just a seed of doubt, Steve, that, that they planted. I think that's that's what's getting everybody. I mean, that's what I'm concerned about is, did it really help them? If it helped them, what is the punishment? And I'm glad I'm not a decision maker. But as the yeah, president right. of that university, I would have to have serious conversations with that coaching staff. Yeah. Because you are sending the wrong message to people at the win at all cost. That it's to me, it's a leadership issue from on down. Um, you're a head coach of I don't care any team at any level. You pretty much know what's going on with your kids. Yeah, you know that, and and coaches and other coaching staff. That's that's my belief, at least, Steve. Well, but the other. The, now today, staffs are so large. Oh, exactly. Right? And, you know, you're talking about high school. It's a limited group. Yep. Oh, and, and by the way, you're also the guidance counselor Monday through Friday. Uh, so, <laughs> That's right. Pretty much. You know, it's, it's not a full-time job. Yeah. Your, your full-time job is something else. Um, but I think it's becoming, and I'm not saying who knows what. Right. Uh, I have my strong suspicions about who knows what. And my strong, strong suspicions are based on how you know things work. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but eventually, you have to think when something like this happens, say it, say it's true. So let's just go on the supposition right. it's true. Well, more than just one guy has to be involved in this, right? Oh, exactly. I- exactly. Uh, and, and that's why I think where the issue is. How many were involved? And where was it occurring? Uh, I understand it, at, and I'm, I'm not familiar with college, colleges at all, Steve, in terms of coaching staffs with uh, the advisors that they have, right. that type of thing. Sure. Are, are they at practices every day? Are they up in their little war rooms, so to speak, going over films of upcoming opponents or, or practice films from the day before. So I don't know what's going on, how much communication they have between coaching staffs and not. But, you know, if the defensive coordinator knows that the calls are coming down from someplace, uh, that we know that uh, Penn State's lining up in this formation or well, this is the play they're going to run or from looking at cards and stuff like that. You think if the defensive coordinator knows, there are other guys in that coaching staff in the field that knows, or the offensive coordinator, whoever it might be. You know, that's there's so much doubt here. And the other thing is, I I I think I was watching a program. I don't know if it was last night or the night before. In in today's world, everybody's guilty until proven innocent, instead of the opposite. Sure, that's right. The the way it started out, you know. That's fair. And uh, so it. And who do you believe in this scenario? Uh, like I said, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but I'm sure the NCAA and whoever's investigating are, are going to ask they ask some hard questions. They do have video of someone with an iPhone that is, when they pair it up, is looking right at the A sideline. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, I, I heard you talk about, Steve, uh, the 22 camera, the 22 shot, or whatever it is. The all 22. Yeah, the all 22. So those are, there are no sideline shots from those cameras? No, those are pretty tight. Okay. And I think as time has gone, they've tightened it up more and more. Okay. Where, yeah, can you see 
the sideline? Like you can see the feet on the sideline? Right, right. Okay, well, unless the feet are signaling in something, no. Exactly. Uh, TV, you can you can get maybe something off TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, something, uh, but not a lot because even they, you know, I mean, the time they're signaling in, they're doing a, a, a camera shot of the student section. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't it, think I don't think we're getting that one. And you know. <laughs> I, I'm not a code breaker, okay? <laughs> no, no, I know I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm. How much time do you have to put into this to break that code? Because, if I remember correctly, when uh, I think it was O'Brien was the head coach, didn't he hold cards and stuff up like that on the sidelines yeah, for formations did. and stuff like? Yeah. But I mean, how 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 often would you have to look at that to find out? Okay, which one are they using? And right. there's a lot of time that has to go into this. Well, okay. In, in fact. Um, that's a really good question because this this now goes into the mo- number of games you see a team. Right. Yeah. Right. My un- I know Brian in Northern Virginia. I'm going to get to him in a second. Okay. But it's my understanding that Michigan saw two Penn State games. They were going to be at Ohio State, which has been already talked about. One mm-hmm. on each side. They were allegedly supposed to be at the Indiana game and this game this week. That would have been five games before they, they okay. played Penn State. Yeah. And it's alleged that they were going to be at eight Ohio State games. Oh, wow. Well, at that yeah. point, you have a pretty good handle on whatever, you know. You do, yes. Right. Yep, that is correct. Yeah. Brian, so. how are you, my man? Good to hear you. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey. Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. I, a lot about the whole Michigan spying scandal really bothers me and and you're bringing up a lot of really great points and when a lot of this broke the first thing that kind of went through my mind to a certain extent was one the black Sox, and two uh, a criminal enterprise to some to, to, to the nature of the complexity of the spying the code breaking um this this mr stallions who's allegedly on the sidelines now the cmu or whatnot yeah. and the one, and it's my understanding that law enforcement is involved in investigating some of this now as well. But I think the next step that needs to be at least investigated, in my opinion, is was anybody financially benefiting from this? Was there any gambling involved? Somebody had raised the specter I had uh, spoken to was like, well, what if they're gambling on this? And then taking that money and putting it in the Michigan name, image, and likeness collectives. Or what if this was benefiting somebody else uh, within the football program? I, I think it's those issues are very concerning and could maybe take this in a whole different direction that we may not have thought about. Maybe I'm being a cynic and I'm too skeptical, but it just seems like an awful big production and uh, enterprise to create to, to you know, learn just a few signals here or there to give yourself a benefit in some games. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Steve. I think, Brian, that every day we find out something new or something else that is alleged. That's what's been interesting about this. I mean, the weekend was very quiet, but every day, every other day during the course of the week, you find out about, the, you know, you find out, A, they're doing it. You find out that the that they've been to X amount of games. You then find out they're going to have a 
we're going to have one person on each side of the Ohio at the Ohio State Penn State game. You find out that they're going to have somebody at the Indiana game. You find out that you know it's alleged that that Stallions may have been at the Friday night game. It was a Friday night game. Central Michigan, Michigan State on the Central Michigan sideline, and this is when Mel Tucker Where was still the Central head coach, Michigan, right? And, and Michigan yeah. was playing Where at home the next Michigan day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so every day you find out something else. Now this guy's been on the payroll officially for I don't know, nineteen months, something like that, at fifty-five thousand dollars a year. Well, I want to know where they got the money for some yeah. of this stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Where did the, where did the money come from for it? If it turns out to be true, if it's alleged that a person was going to get a thousand dollars to be at a game, where did the thousand dollars come from? Did it come from his bank account? Did it come from someplace? Where did it come from? Because you always, when you get into situations like this, I know you brought up the gambling part, but you always follow the money. Now, the gambling part yep. I can't speak to. I, I, that's the first time I've heard that, That, but it's an interesting point. But, again, you know, you talk about name, image, and likeness. When you go 30-3 and three over a period of time like they have, since it is alleged that when this – it's alleged that this scheme started, they've gone 30-3 and three since. That brings with it donations. That brings with it NIL. There's, there's dominoes already, already flowing in that direction because of the record. <laughs> And and I'll and in that regard, like I said, just the way that I, I'm very uncomfortable with you know how there's been so much you know sports betting and gambling in general that the NFL and whatnot has sure. associated with or partnered with, but especially when it comes to college, I, I hope they don't find that to be the case. But if that if they do find that to be the case, that something like that was involved. I, I think there's got to be some drastic measures taken to protect the integrity of the game and the conference. And not only that, I, I'm also disappointed, I'll say, at the College Football Playoff Committee that I don't know how much they're really giving any consideration to this cheating and, and, and whatnot that's inspiring that's allegedly been done because, you know, Michigan is still ranked very highly and it would be unfortunate to reward them with a playoff spot or even a New Year's Six Bowl if they've gotten to this position in part to spying or cheating. Well, so, and again, I think, I think Brian, what they would need, so let's take it from a, uh, a common sense point of view and from a, okay, you're sitting in that committee and you've heard allegations, okay, but I need the hard evidence or the Big Ten or the NCAA to act as I'm going through this process, okay, because remember, the snapshot last night was only the snapshot of this week. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so this week doesn't matter what the snapshot is. It just doesn't matter. Each week you're going to get a snapshot, and you may get to the midway point of this, and some action is taken against Michigan, which then changes the snapshot. Because this is not, like, what they put out last night is not going to be in all likelihood, the four teams sitting there on you know on New Year's Day, uh, because yep. this is only the beginning of the process. So we may find out more in the fourth week of this process, or better yet, Penn State beats them, and guess what? Everything gets absolutely okay. Absolutely, if there's justice, Penn State will beat them. 
and others will too. But yeah. thank you so much, and you have a have a great game this Saturday. I'll be there at Maryland, cheering on the Lions. So hey, look forward care, to seeing you. look forward to seeing you over there, Brian. All right. Well, Greg. You know, it, it's funny, Steve. I when you were taking that phone call, I had a piece of paper in front of me, front of me and I wrote down gambling before mm-hmm. Brian even started speaking about that topic. Yeah. You know, and that's you, you don't know. You just don't know. But you know, in and Steve in talking about this, you know, with the Houston Astros alleged sign stealing in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more effective to steal signs and football to be able to stop an opponent or know what to do offensively for an opponent than it is in baseball because even if I know a fastball's coming it's still hard to hit that fastball if it's 100 yeah. miles an hour right. you know same with a curveball even if I know a curveball's coming if that pitcher makes a good pitch I still am not going to hit it uh, so I think it's more effective in football realistically than it is in baseball again that's my opinion but well, no, the, the pitcher could yell at me, Steve, I'm throwing a curveball, exactly. and the ball would not be put in play. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's because that, that's a skill problem. Yep. <laughs> I understand that perfectly. <laughs> right. But at this level, yeah, when, when guys know what, you know what might be coming, thus you, you know which, for example, which gap you should be in. Exactly. Uh, that is something that cannot be... Uh, disregarded. Nope, that's exactly right. Yep. Cannot be disregarded. Nope. All right. We will. Greg, thanks for being here today. I think you're. Uh... I have to leave at quarter of three, Steve. Quarter of three. Good. Quarter, All right. Okay. Sounds good. I'll be. I'll be back for a little. All right. Here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Wall Street Journal did a story today, so the Department of Justice Antitrust Division has launched an investigation into several sports entities. Attention is part far broader whether the NBA acted anti-competitively in the response to a three-on-three basketball league. Other organizations known to be in the DOJ sightline include the PGA Tour, Augusta National Golf Club, Major League Baseball, FIFA, and U.S. Soccer in the NCAA. Even esports have not escaped the brightening spotlight. Over here in the back, I would prefer you concentrated on terrorists. All right, so um, <laughs> it's, it's just me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's great. Um, uh, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Almost Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee, terrific service department that backs it up every step of the way at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. That's just me. I don't, you know. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, okay. You know, I feel, you know, I'd feel a little safer. Um, maybe it's because I travel for a living. I don't know. All right, so let's get to... The survey that was done by the athletic when it came to Michigan said I would do it in the final half hour. So here's a chance for us to do it. 
and at least get the information that they have out there. Um, and these are all anonymous. I mean, it's kind of like when Greg and I are at the staff meetings. We might as well be anonymous. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> how serious are Michigan's alleged actions? Now, these are 50 responses. On a scale of 1 to 5, how serious? One had one. On a two out of five, one. Wow. So far, not good. Okay? Three out of five, nine. Four out of five, 16. Five out of five, 23. Survey says average 4.2. Only two ranked it below a three. Okay. What about repercussions? 50 responses. Should Michigan be punished? No. One. Unsure. Two. Yes. 47. Yeah. Big number, Greg. Yeah. That's, uh, 94%. That's 94%. Yeah. That's, uh, very, very nice. Does Jim Harbaugh have plausible deniability? Now, this is a, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting question. All right. When you have a big organization, is there plausible deniability? Of the 50, six responded yes. Nine responded unsure. 35 said no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, So that's 70%. Is Michigan's success since 2021 owed in part to illegal sign stealing? Two said they're unsure. Eleven said no. Thirty-seven said yes. Now remember, Michigan had lost eight in a row to Ohio State with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach until this allegedly started. They had lost three of their last four to Penn State right? when this allegedly started. I don't think people realize that. Mm-hmm. I'd say it was three and one against them. Okay? How many points would Michigan's alleged signal-stealing operation be worth in an average game? This is, in, this is an interesting one. These are from the coaches that the Athletic anonymously... And some were, some were FBS... Some are in the Big Ten, some are group of five, but they're still head coaches, all right? Whoops. Naturally, of course, I got out of it. That was brilliant on my part. All right, so let's get back down here to ding, 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 ding. Where are you? Uh, did it play a role in their success? Here it is. Uh, Eleven said it's hard to quantify. Okay? Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah, again, that's an answer I can, I you know, I can understand why some because you, yeah. you really don't know. Three to seven points, twenty. That's forty percent. Mm-hmm. More than ten points, fifteen. That's thirty percent. Wow. More than twenty points, four. Okay, that's their that's their estimate. Rank in-person scouting on a scale of 1 to 10. How serious a problem is in-person scouting on a scale of 1 to 10? 1. 1. 2. 0. 3. At 3 votes. 
four zero five two. Now we're up to six out of ten. Mm-hmm. Seven. Seven out of ten. Sixteen. In terms of how serious a problem it is. Yeah. Eight out of ten. Five. Nine out of ten. Six. Ten out of ten. Ten. Wow. So if you're taking it from seven out of ten up, that is what? 16, 22, 27, 37, 74 percent say on seven out of ten. Okay. Does your program have a staffer responsible for legal signal stealing? 17 said yes, 33 said no. Do you want player do you want coach to player communication technology? 42% said yes, 8 said no, or excuse me, 42 out of 50 said yes, 84%. 8 said no. I mean, Greg, what, would you want it? I mean, if uh, money's no object, would you right. want that? I don't I think I would. Yeah, I yeah. would too. Yeah, I, I think get, I would, yeah. It, again, it automatically cuts off at 15 seconds before the play. Right. On the play clock. It's oh. automatic. That's due in college football, realistically. Oh, it should have been. I remember yep. I brought it up one time to Bill O'Brien Yeah, in one of the talk shows. And he says, I can't believe how archaic this is. I said, I know. I know. But even, and Bill was here, you know, 10 years ago. It still it, hasn't changed. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I think you're seeing more teams huddle right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, remember, the key is Central Michigan has been dragged into this. So in yeah. the end, they'll be put on, they'll get the death penalty. And <laughs> I mean, I just, that's the old Jerry Tarkanian line. The NCAA is so angry at Kentucky, they put Wichita State on probation. Okay. Uh, that's tr- might be true. Yeah. So we'll, well, we'll see. The one thing the Big Ten knows is this. And they'll be getting an earful this week. I can tell you that with confidence. You have 13 absolutely angry presidents, 13 absolutely angry athletic directors, and 13 absolutely angry head coaches. Okay? Yep. That's in a a 14-team league. Right? Mm -hmm. One team team cannot, cannot rule the roost. The, the Big Ten commissioner has to step up. Hey, and But there are also limits, by the way, just so you know, Greg, as to what, how far he can step up. Oh, I believe, yeah. But with the president's help, he could probably step up and make a decision. Right. Uh, we had, we knew they had a signal guy, this Navy SEAL or something, said one former Big Ten analyst. We were very concerned. Our head coach was super concerned about it. In 2021, Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabu had these hand signals for run pass, but we figured that was legit. It got us into this mindset that they were looking for tips and tells, like were we tipping off the plays at the line of scrimmage? That's not a coincidence. We never would have guessed it was this deep. That's right, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. A lot of guys are, are cowarding out. Acting like there are places that haven't done this stuff that's crossed the line. Michigan just got caught. <laughs> Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. Hey, thanks for being here today. Hey, I know you've got to get out. I, I have to go. Hopefully I'll hear and talk to you next Wednesday, Steve.
I'll, 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 well, tomorrow well, also. Tomorrow. Yep, yeah, yep. tomorrow, my friend. Yep. We'll, we'll, get, we'll actually get into games. That's right. That sounds right. good. <laughs> I like that Greg. better. You bet. <laughs> Take we care. We all do. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. a word that comes into play when there was a defense offered about Michigan. It's alleged that it started in 2021. Their record is incredible to which you have to say, geez, what a coincidence. All right. I mean, you have to ask. It is... uh, You look at What I find interesting with this is once it got out, there has been every day something else. And Bruce Feldman, by the way, and Matt Olson wrote that story in The Athletic. I know it's behind a paywall, but I subscribe, so I can attribute to each. And the... What's interesting is that it seems in the end that this season, for whatever reason, and maybe it's because they were so confident with what they were doing, maybe they got cocky about it, I don't know, but they got sloppy. And that's what's interesting about this. It just seems like this season in particular, something they did was they got sloppy. Because they got you know, it's alleged that they got away with it for two years. Well, sometimes when you get away with something for a couple of years, you kind of get a little. You're not as careful about everything you're doing because I mean, hey, we're all right. Nobody knows what we're doing. And if these allegations are true, it seems like in this particular year, people have been looking out for them to see if it's possibly happening in their stadium because. They've heard rumors from other people. And it seems like they got sloppy about it. And the fact that the one guy who was alleged to have gone to the UMass Penn State game said, hey, look, he said he gave me $1,000. Okay, well, if that's the case, where is this guy coming up with the money? He makes $55,000 a year. He'd been in the Navy. I don't, you know, offense, you're not exactly, you know, Walking out of the Navy uh, with uh, a, with seven figures in the bank account, and he's in his twenties, so he hasn't. You know, where's the money coming from? Because it's alleged that they went anywhere from thirty-seven to forty-five different games over the past couple of years. That's a lot of that's a lot of money. I in the end you do have to play the game of follow the money and that's something you have to look at like okay well let's talk about the money part of this and somebody had brought Brian from Northern Virginia brought up the gambling component. Okay, 
All right, now I've got you there. Okay, that's I see where you where you're going with it. But I'll take it to let's take the gambling part out of it for a moment. How have you benefited from your record that's allowed you to recruit better? How have you benefited from your record of getting donations to name, image, and likeness? There's a domino effect to success. It's not always perfect, but there's there's a domino effect to success. And part of it is money. Donations, I don't know, if it, is it called the M Club there? I don't know. But donations to the M Club. Uh, donations to NIL. Because you were successful. Okay. You know the quote, the rich get richer? Well, did they benefit from the victory part of it that then financially benefited them, which then in the end financially benefited the players because of NIL? I mean, just a thought. Something that, you know, you have to look at this from a variety of angles. By the way, one quick note. I don't think you noticed this. Regular season conference champions are no longer guaranteed bids to the NIT. Now, this could affect, you know, down the road of Bucknell, somebody like that. The NIT Board of Managers tweaked its qualifying rules for the men's basketball postseason, saying regular season champs do not who do not win their conference tournament and are not otherwise selected to the NCAA tournament, will not receive an automatic bid to the NIT. Instead, the NIT is going to guarantee berths for two teams based on the net rankings from each of the six major conferences, the ACC, the Big East, the Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC. The top two teams in the net rankings not qualifying for the NCAAs, regardless of win-loss, will be selected. Additionally, 12 teams automatically select will be guaranteed the opportunity to host a game in the first round of the tournament. Now, it's drawing criticism from the smaller conferences, which I understand. But there's something else here that's going on. And I say this with all due respect. You want people watching these games. So if you have, for example... Say Arizona State doesn't make the NCAAs. And let's say, for the sake of argument, North Carolina State doesn't make the NCAAs. Now Arizona State's playing NC State. You might be more inclined to watch it because, you know, you know who Arizona State is and you know who NC State is. And maybe less inclined to see the champion of the conference, Middle Tennessee State, take on the champion of the Missouri Bradley, the Missouri Valley Bradley. What's a more intriguing game that you want to watch? NC State, Arizona State, or Middle Tennessee State Bradley? And again, ESPN does have something to do with it. They televise all the NIT games on their platforms. And I think they've been finding that 
there are enough of these conference champions that have not qualified for the NCAAs because they didn't win, and all of a sudden they're sitting there and looking at, okay, what do I have here? I mean, and I think that's becoming a concern. Okay? I mean, last year in Las Vegas, who was in the championship game? North Texas against UAB. Credit to North Texas. They won it, by the way. And credit to UAB. But is that what America wants to watch? And I think that's something that has to be brought up. I mean, it's something that has to be brought up. And I think the NIT made the right move. They want, they ended up with fewer Power Five schools in it, which then I think affected viewership of it. But that doesn't mean schools that win their conference are, are out. They're going to get mixed into it. But they're not going to get an automatic bid. All right, roundtable tomorrow along with the King.